How is it going, everybody? Craig Adams here. Welcome to my podcast. Today is going to be another deep dive solo adventure into the crazy mind. Hey, it's 420. Sick. Welcome. I just got back from a run, four mile run up to the Williamsburg Bridge and back with Jeremy Cohen, awesome friend here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. We stopped after the run at this vegan spot that we've been wanting to try. And I don't know what we were thinking, but we both got a meal and we didn't have any money. <laughs> he had a $20 bill and I think the, it was like $30 total. And I didn't have any credit cards or money. They don't accept Apple Pay. We both had our phones. So we were just like, fuck, what are we going to do? <laughs> so I decided to run back to my apartment real quick, grab some money and then come back because it wasn't far. But I ran all the way there. And I found a $20 bill just on the sidewalk. I was like, what? And it was so blatantly there. It must have just fallen because anyone walking on the sidewalk would have seen and picked it up. So I looked around. I didn't see a single person. So that $20 bill is mine. (laughs) Grabbed it, hopped on my bike, went back to the restaurant and ended up giving the waiter pretty big tip because, hey, it's free money. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it going forward, you know, keep those positive vibes. So lucky day, good day. I'm I'm definitely going to be on my way to Vegas to, uh, see how good these good fortunes extend. No, we, uh, you know, we, we've been going on runs a lot just cause we live so close to each other and we're both running people and it's been fun because we, we try to talk as much as we can, But eventually after, I'd say the third mile, you know, it starts to become harder to talk. So we talk way less. But when we do stop, we always have some kind of cool down so we can chat. It's really fun. And it's so eerily similar to a podcast. So I'll get to that point. But we've been planning on a Central Park High Five running video. The idea is simple. How many high fives can Jeremy get in one hour while running? in Central Park, or maybe 10 minutes, I don't know, any set of time. And I'm going to be hopefully on some kind of cart, bike pulled cart shooting, you know, backwards as he's running towards me. Uh, Someone else is driving the bike, riding the bike for me. Uh, But yeah, that's just an idea that we've been wanting to do. And I think it'd be really funny. So we were kind of meeting to go over that and chat about it. And my idea is long-term, you know, that video idea will just be a one-off video, a funny thing, maybe even just Instagram, who knows, that would prove as a concept film for what I want to do is a running podcast episode. I think that would be really interesting. Um, I could have Jeremy as my first guest and we'd figure it out, but we'd run on a loop. Central Park or Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Um, that way we could just continuously go and not be disturbed and not have to stop the bike. Uh, but yeah, just a, a, a biker, a filmmaker, and then we both have wireless labs on us and we just talk and do a podcast episode. I think it'd be fun. Uh, we'd go slow enough to talk, but eventually at the end, you know, uh, it's kind of like hot ones. Uh, we could make it more structured with, <clears throat> you know, interview questions and make it kind of like that. But I guess for this proof of concept, first one, we're just going to make it a a chat while running 
kind of situation. I think it'd be funny, especially at the end when we're out of breath and we could add lots of little elements like we have to sprint for the next part or let's stop and do some like squats or push-ups or let's see how many high fives we could get in the next minute. I don't know. Just lots of different things we could do to jazz up the episode, but I think it's pretty similar to hot ones, but outside running based would be interesting. <laughs> and everyone likes to see people that they know sweat. So it would be fun and doable on a budget. But yeah, that's uh, what we talked about. We ran at vegan good, vegan food and uh, found money. So it was a good day so far. Now, uh, I've got a list as always, just a little set of notes and, um, next on the topic list, minimalist wardrobe. So I, I kind of do this, I guess everyone does it every spring going into summer, kind of reevaluate your wardrobe, figure out what you need for summer and then get rid of the winter stuff in some regard. I did that and I got rid of a ton of shorts and pants and just a lot of stuff, really cutting it down. And uh, I've been working with a brand um, and a pair of shorts, which is really cool. Uh, There should be some stuff coming out about that soon, but uh, I'm looking for like minimalist clothing. As weird as that sounds, I'm looking for clothing that is utilitarian, simple, brandless, and can be used in a lot of different ways, I guess, like Swiss Army knife, kind of like my underwear that I can run with uh, and hold a phone in with Anna jiggling around. And the black shirts are just good and my running shoes that I can wear everywhere. Just trying to make my wardrobe as simple as possible. So it's been interesting chatting with that company and uh, just rethinking wardrobe stuff. And I've gotten it down very, very thin. The one thing I cannot, I got to work on is the shoes. I've got like five pairs of shoes. That's really hard because you need dress shoes, need hiking shoes. You need like running, walk around shoes and then flip flops and then moccasins. So maybe I could do without the moccasins at least until the next winter, but still got to figure that out. They, They take up a lot of space. It's impossible just to have like one or two pairs of shoes just because I'm a runner and a hiker. <laughs> so we'll see. I'll might eventually do a video on that. That's doable. I know Matt Davella uh, made a pretty good video uh, showing his wardrobe. Um, so I'd have to figure out my own way of doing that. I wouldn't want to copy him, but yeah, let me know if you want to see that. Uh, that brings me to my next point. Everything I own is inside a small closet right now. (laughs) So I've taken minimalism to drastic steps. I used to have a bag of like podcast equipment, uh, boom arms, microphones, my monopod under the bed. So I took that bag and I'm getting a smaller bag to fit all that stuff in. And that's now in my closet. Everything I own is in the closet except like, um, the TV, but that's like half mine, I guess. Uh, and then I guess like kitchen stuff, but honestly I could throw that out today and be totally fine. And then there's like the furniture and I could, I could sell that or get rid of it and not need it. If I, if I did move, I could move somewhere that has furniture. Like that's not a big problem at all. So technically everything I own fits inside the small closet 
And if you've seen my apartment tour videos, you know how small that closet is. So really, really small. Like I fit my clothes inside this little tiny dresser, but I'm trying to think of ways to like not even have that. Like, would it be weird to just keep all of my like clean folded clothes in a large duffel bag? Like a duffel bag large enough that I could, like it fits almost all of my clothes plus or minus my like hung shirts. But I guess I have to hang the shirts. Like that's important. That's key. But could I do without the dresser? Would it even make sense to get a large duffel bag for socks, shirts, shorts, and pants? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I guess the dresser fits in the closet, so we'll, we'll keep it there for now, but I don't want to bring the dresser and I would like something like I would have to get something to move the clothing if I were to move. So interesting thoughts. That's where my mind is. Let's move away from the clothes. <laughs> Goodbye. Sony a seven S Mark two. Hopefully you saw that video. I uploaded it this morning with a scheduled upload at 8 AM. I will tell you, there's no better way to wake up with a scheduled YouTube video upload. Cause you get right up. You want to see if everything's working. Okay. You want to see the initial results. Yeah. It's a good way to wake up. And, uh, that, that was a fun video to make. <clears throat> I, uh, I've been moving towards upgrading my camera to something else and getting rid of the Sony seven S Mark II for a while, but I didn't plan on making that video until like the last second. I started to realize like, wow, I have, built and shot so many YouTube videos in the past two years have been shot on the A7S Mark II. It's, it's been a large part of the channel and everything I do. So like, why not give it some kind of send off video? And if you've watched my spark video and a couple others, even, you know, I love giving personalities to the equipment I have. I think it's really funny. And it's something I've never really seen that much on. And honestly, a YouTube review, like tech review channel that gave like characters and personalities to all the pieces of gear and stuff they review. That's a gold, gold mine. That, that was a great idea. Someone should do that. Um, it'd be really funny. I, I would, I would watch that for sure. But yeah, getting a new camera. Uh, I had three batteries total with the A7S Mark II battery charger and uh, that's it you know i'm getting rid of those things because i get new batteries with a new camera um so it should be interesting um i'm shipping out the camera in like two days and then i have to make a decision on what camera i want to get <laughs> still not sure i'm gonna be honest everyone's assuming the a7 III, but who knows could be something else You'll just have to wait and see. Definitely going to make a video. Going to milk it for all the views it's worth. Because people on my channel fucking love gear review videos. Especially ones that have to do with my camera. So it's going to happen for sure. Yeah. But with this new wave of summer minimalism, kind of rethinking how I shoot and what I do and, and uh, travel films. So... I follow a very small number of YouTubers and the people I do watch, I watch every single one of their films. Like that's how small my subscriber list is. I watch every single video that's in my feed. Uh, and if I don't have the time or I don't want to watch a video, that gives me a good signal to unsubscribe and I will. So 
I'm very, very into the people I'm watching and they do so with a small amount of gear and they're very intentional with how they shoot, upload and do sponsored posts, etc. Um, always getting new ideas about descriptions and links and, oh, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited to like shoot some really interesting, beautiful visual stuff. Uh, want to work with the 50 millimeter a bit more. Um, yeah. So I've been doing these like long kind of middle to long form travel videos that include me, my face talking, some humor, some visuals, good pace changes, but pretty much a chronological account, fun account of the trip. It's not too uh, heavy on the locations and what I'm doing and like kind of position it as like a how to travel video. It's more so just like a fun cinematic, uh, lightning fast pace travel dot film. Um, so I'm thinking about kind of transitioning away from the middle and maybe even doing two different types. One super dense. I'm talking like days, even a month worth of footage into a, a one to two minute video super concept oriented, um, very intentional meaning. Uh, and then maybe a follow-up video that's longer and very link location, uh, almost travel tutorial based, like follow these steps to do what I did. So the first video would act as a trailer for the second one, but it would also live on its own. It would be something that if you subscribe to me, you know, you got to watch it. It's quick. And it's not a second is wasted. Everyone should like it. Whereas the long form videos will definitely be a lot more of my personality, but then also will always answer the question, how do I do that trip that you did? Uh, so I'm trying to really hone in on what I'm promising. People who look at the thumbnail People who subscribe, look at the thumbnail, and then click on the video should get exactly what they expect. Short, fast-paced, beautiful work with intention. Long-form inspiration for travel. How-to. So I'm trying to rethink how I uh, package and deliver the stuff that I'm shooting when I do travel films. Because I think that will help me say something more and help a brand say something or sell a product or service. So that's what I'm looking at. Definitely, definitely interesting stuff on the horizon. I don't have too many trips planned. Uh, I'm kind of keeping my schedule open because I know how to th the summer is, but I do have one or two product launches here in the city planned that I'm going to be attending, probably shooting stuff for Instagram. Uh, yeah. We'll see. The summer is always crazy, so I'm just keeping it open. Stocks. <laughs> Finances and stocks. Holy shit. It drives me crazy. Because, like, part of me gets really excited to listen to podcasts, audiobooks, talk to people, see stuff, read blog articles and stuff. Get really excited about the prospect of, you know, playing the market. It's fun. It's almost too fun, especially with Robinhood. Robinhood is practically a game, an app on your phone. And if you're trying to day trade, 
it's definitely a game. It's tough. It's tough to like not make emotional decisions. And I've always had the best results when I just uh, pick stocks or make a decision as far as like reoccurring funds into an account, anything like that. Uh, it's always better when I just put it in, set it, then forget it. Uh, but if I'm going in and checking Robin hood every day, two, three times a day, yeah, it's a nightmare. Cause I second guess myself. I make stupid decisions. And I think that's what most of the bad decisions on the market are caused by, you know, emotional impatience. <laughs> uh, yeah. Human responses to things that don't need human interaction. So I think I need to either, you know, set up, a some kind of long-term fund, uh, IRA, whatever. Um, and then just set a reoccurring contribution of like 200, 300 easy a month. And then maybe up it if I, if I am willing and able, uh, but to just set that and then just let it go, not even look at it, not even have stash or acorn or on my phone, or if I do it through chase or whatever financial institution, just let it be. But Every one I talk to, especially older people, I'm asking for advice on this, so I'm interested. I we chat on Twitter a little bit, you know. We, I, I post questions and 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 show stuff, and I've been getting a lot of good, smart responses. So I think y'all, some of y'all, are way more advanced at this than I am. So I'm grateful for that. But let me know, you know. I, I still need help. Next up is YouTube description video. So yesterday I recorded 30 minutes of me going through all of the YouTubers channels that I subscribe to clicking on their most recent, you know, popular video and then kind of just analyzing, going through, talking about what I think about their descriptions, uh, you know, their, their log lines, their links, their, their cross promotions, whatever. You know, is it efficient? Does it work? Does it make sense? Is this person thinking about it? Does someone else have a team that's doing this for them? There's a lot to be said with descriptions, and it's very interesting because no one does it perfectly. I think it's impossible to do it perfectly. Uh, it's something that evolves over time, and there's no one way to do it. So, but I, I am a little bitch, and uh, I will complain about links that can be shortened or simplified. Or just weird things like I think one one channel didn't even correctly type the URL so it wasn't clickable in the description. So that drives me crazy. So I shot that whole video. It's very long. I would have to shoot intro and outro, but it's pretty straightforward. Like it should be a live stream that's turned into a podcast, but it's so visual based, like you have to you have to watch it to kind of understand. It wouldn't make that much sense if you just heard me, heard the audio from the video. So I'm not sure what to do with it. Like I could make an intro and outro and then put it, upload it to YouTube, but I don't know what I would call it. Like I can't really call it like a tutorial for description, writing description, like best YouTube, how to write a good it's it doesn't fit well and it's such a long video i don't i don't know who would be interested in it 
So um, I'm not sure if I'm going to reshoot it, upload what I have, or just scrap the project altogether. But let me know if that would be interesting because I swear some of it is good. It could be denser and quicker, but I, I do go off on some of these channels and give my insights. So let me know. Not sure where to put it. Next up, how to make money on YouTube series. Yes, I've been chatting about this on Twitter asking for advice as far as what I should cover and how I should present it because I'm not sure. It seems like it's something that's in high demand. A lot of people want it. Uh, it's a lot of information because I planned originally on just like making a YouTube video one off quick, but then writing out the notes and all the bullet points and topics that I wanted to cover, I realized that there are definitely like multiple subtopics, and then there's just a lot to go through and I've always I've talked about how I make money on YouTube in different ways on YouTube and podcasts etc especially Twitter but I've never like really done it justice and I don't want to just sugarcoat it on another like basic how-to video like I want to go through every aspect and deliver the information that I know because I remember there was a time when I didn't even know what Amazon affiliate was. I didn't know that people were making commission off of influence. So stepping out of myself in my head right now, this is gold. This is great information to some people. Uh, a lot of people who follow my channel, you know, know because I talk about it a lot. But I guarantee you, you're going to start making more money if you listen to this, absorb it, and take some ac take some action on it. So I'm trying to decide if I want to make it a full, long, dense series and then upload it and sell it on Skillshare or Udemy or even some kind of self-hosted workshop series. But if I did that, if I went down that route, I would also have to think about how I get it in front of people. You know, how long term will it be up and available for purchase? Uh, do I need an email? Like, there's just a lot of questions that go with that. So I've been chatting with some people who have done this before. And the advice that they say is that they never really realized how much money can be made by selling courses like this. And the more I, I dig into Amazon affiliate, I realize that it's definitely not a long-term long business. It's not a good business model because technically I could be kicked out at any point. Uh, you know, I, I don't control it at all. And it would be devastating to just instantly have that revenue stream cut off. I would have to scramble for sure. So I definitely need to work on like my own business model and be able to sell my own product and control my revenue stream as much as possible. And education is my product right now. So some kind of course is it. And if you remember, you're like, I've been talking about workshops for the past two months. I've done some workshops. I spoke at some workshops. They were fun. But in the end, I found out, I just realized that I'm a filmmaker. And people follow me because of my videos, not because of my public speaking. And I can get you the best education and convince you the best through video. I need time to make a plan, a script, shoot it, edit it, and then deliver it to you. It's not the same speaking in person at a workshop. 
So it makes me wonder, you know, reverse engineer, like what are the benefits of coming in person to do a workshop? What do ticket buyers and, and, and people who come to a workshop and sign up for it, what do they want? Like what's in it for them? Why not just pay, you know, one fifth of the price of a ticket and just watch a course online? Like what would make them actually want to be in person? And I, I've come to the realization that I'm not a lecture guy. I don't like that. I don't even want to teach lecture style because I never learned well lecture style. So if I did in-person stuff, people want to be heard and they want to interact. They want to have fun. They want to have the same experiences that they see on my Instagram, my YouTube videos. Um, they want to hang out. They want to have fun. So that's what I think I'm, I would focus on if I did some kind of in-person thing in the future. Fun, hiking, running, biking, sports, games, music, food, retreat, vacation, awesome stuff like that. Like even here in the city, like some kind of event where we all go drinking and eating somewhere and, and go to a music thing or we all go hit some golf balls at Chelsea Pier or we have a run brunch Craig Adams meetup where we meet at this time, this place, we go for a run and then we come back and meet at this place for brunch and anyone who wants to run can keep up with me and we'll do so. Or anyone who wants to come, but walk around and meet at brunch afterwards, like, yeah, well, I'll be there. So that, that seems so much more fun. And the education comes naturally just through hanging and talking, not only with me, but with the audience in person. And I think in-person things just need to be fun. Like, I'm just so tired of the, like, we've got these classes. This is what you'll learn. Sit in a row and just watch me while I talk. Like, no, fuck that. I don't, that doesn't sound fun to me. Like, you can, we can talk about affiliate while hitting a golf ball. Fuck, let's do that. That's way more fun. And if I want to involve other influencers, it's not going to be as speakers. They're going to be as, like, guests. Like, obviously, if, if I wanted some like some of my friends to come, I incentivize it by paying for their trip, paying for whatever it costs, the expenses for them to join in. Um, so that's where my head is. I think that sounds better. And I'd like to make retreats and little fun meetups and hangouts in the city all over. It'd be fun to do some kind of unique meetup experience whenever I go to a different city. I think that's totally doable. And if I make it fun, it'll <laughs> it'll be fun. So let me know if that's an interesting idea. Uh, once again, hey, it's me talking on the fucking podcast by myself. I need some feedback. So tweet me, Instagram me, whatever. Lots of different ways to get a hold of me. My website. Do I need my website? My website was pretty helpful for communicating with people. Like I can make private pages and then update information and anyone with that single link can check it at any point and see updated info. I just think it's it's an interesting way to like work together. I know there's different ways to do that, even Google Docs, whatever. Um, I'm just sure there are different reasons why I need a website. And I've got, I've got craigadams.com, so I gotta keep that, right? Right. Yeah. And in a perfect world, I, I would just add the Craig Adams brand. So it's not that bad to just maintain one domain and one 
Squarespace hosted site. I think it's like 150 a year at the most for both of those things. So it's not that bad. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to wedding film school for sure. Um, but genius link. Yes. So some of you may have noticed I've been testing out different links. I tried URL genius for a little bit. I switched all my links on YouTube to that to test, uh, that because it was interesting to see if it was worth having some apps open up natively on the phone. So deep linking, but it turns out a lot of social media doesn't want you, doesn't allow you to deep link to other social media platforms from within their social media. It's a different game if your traffic is on a website because you kind of own that and you can change the rules and send someone directly to their Instagram app by clicking on a link on your website, but not the same for YouTube descriptions where most of my content lives. So that didn't work as well. So I quickly moved away from URL Genius and tried out Amazon's one link. And once again, doesn't really work well on social media. It works in a sense if your traffic is on your site because you have to add some kind of code to make international redirecting uh, with Amazon affiliate links a thing, but it doesn't work on YouTube descriptions. So I kind of lost out on about 30 days worth of international affiliate traffic by using one link incorrectly and quickly learned that I need to switch back to Genius Link. So now all my YouTube links are back to Genius Link and I'm making international money again. And all of this, if you don't understand what's going on, is definitely something I want to talk about in my How to Make Money on YouTube series. Lots to talk about. Ugh, I got to work on that. Let me know what you think. So Wedding Film School, still a thorn in my side. I uploaded one video. It was a funny video, just talking about wedding filmmaker or wedding photographers in the way. Had a sponsor... The It worked okay. You know, it's up to like, I think, 15,000 views, which is okay. Uh, didn't like crash and burn, which is what I was worried about. A lot of people just genuinely happy that I was I uploaded a video, but it's just I don't want to work on it. I want to get. I just want to like. I would love to sell it. I'd love some help. A couple of you have been sending me Twitter DMs and Instagram DMs, offering your services, but even that is like work. Like I'm still not sure how I would use your help. Uh, it's, it's just a lot that I have to figure out and, um, yeah, it's just got to figure out. I just, I don't, I would, I would love to get rid of it, but I can't sell it for the amount that it's worth because it's just not operational right now. And there's no manager to like go with it to someone else. So it's just a lot of work for someone to buy. Uh, and I can't prove what it's what it would make if they put some work into it. <laughs> it's a tough situation. Oh, well. I don't want to bore, bore you with that. I have a whole episode complaining about wedding film school. Lastly, coaching sessions on Calendly. 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 It's tough to say. Um, yeah, I, I changed it up a little bit. So if you go to calendly.com slash Craig Adams, there's a link in my YouTube descriptions and on my... Yeah, on my YouTube descriptions. I don't think I have a website link to it right now. You can check out my coaching. I lowered the price. I changed it up a bit. I would love to get 
you podcast listeners in some coaching sessions. I'd love to like chat with you, figure out everything you got going on, you know, picture as if I owned your business or your social media stuff, like what would I do in your shoes? Cause I've, I've been there, <laughs> I've done it. And if I could do it over again, I would do it way differently and <laughs> cut some steps and do it better. Make some more money, have greater reach, find my unique voice quicker. We can work on these things. So let me know. Uh, of course, you know, it's always kind of crazy for me just to sit here and talk for as long as I do doing these, but thank you so much for listening. Awesome. Y'all are, y'all are sick. Once again, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. Let me know any, any, any thoughts you had on all these things. This is just once again, a deep dive into my current thoughts and I'm just happy that I have someone listening. You're kind of like my therapist. You're like a bunch of little therapists listening to my therapy session and then tweeting me the results. So let me know. Thanks for listening. Peace out.